Hi, I'm Amana. And I'm Mourinho. And you are listening to The Elephants in the Room. Hello everyone and welcome to our first ever episode of The Elephants in the Room. The Elephants in the Room is a brand new podcast hosted by school friends Mourinho, that's me, and me, Amana, in which we react to cultural moments with frank opinions, constructive conversations and a lot of laughs. Basically, we want to address the elephants in the room and have the conversations that we might sometimes find uncomfortable to talk about with our friends and family. Amana, explain the meaning of the name Elephants in the Room. There's three main threads linked to the podcast name, Elephants in the Room. So firstly, the Elephant and Castle is a landmark of South East London, placed almost directly between where each of us grew up. We pass around about on the bus every morning on our way to school, and it feels like a key place in our experience of growing up. It's a junction, a meeting place, and a launch point for going to other destinations. For us, it represents kind of the best bits about London, the mixing of cultures and people, all from different places and heading in different directions. Secondly, Elephant Castle Shopping Centre recently shut its doors in October 2020, so this year, following a decision for it to be demolished and redeveloped, in the words of Southwark Council, as part of a £3 billion generation scheme to create 1,000 flats and a new campus for the university in Elephant and Castle. This represented a really sad moment for me and Mourinho because it's a real reminder of gentrification and the reality of the effects of this on people's lives as people who own stalls and shops in Elephant Castle had to be pushed out. And finally, Elephants in the Room also obviously has like a colloquial meaning, which we have chosen because we feel that hopefully our podcast will address difficult topics that aren't necessarily always easy to talk about. And me and Mourinho like having these kind of controversial topic conversations. <laughs> so we just thought we'd bring a bit of that into the public, really. More of that later when we discuss the topic this episode of gentrification. But first thing first, how have you been doing, Amana? How's your week been? I'm doing okay this week. It's been quite intense because I've got loads of applications to do and like uni work has been getting on top of me. But I'm excited. It's my birthday tomorrow, so I'm excited for that. And I'm also just, I'm feeling like I've had quite a productive like couple days. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. that I can probably take a couple days off for my birthday, which would be nice. Also, I've been really excited about doing this podcast. So, mm-hmm. how have you been doing? I think the same as you, it's just been an up and down, I think, doing job applications, doing this podcast, which is really, really fun, probably like the highlight of my week. So it's just been an up and down week, new shows on Netflix, gotta love when Netflix uploads new shows. So it's been, it's been up and down, but I'm really excited to dive into this topic that we are going to discuss today. But before we do that, we are going to talk about food. Yes. Me and Mourinho have a bit of a soft spot for food. So each episode, we're going to be starting off by giving you a rundown of our dishes of the week. What is your dish of the week this week, Mourinho? My dish of the week this week is actually, this is going to be every podcast, they're going to hear me say the same thing, but it's a burger. (laughs) So so I recently went to Brixton and they have the burger, little burger and restaurant shack called Black Bear. And I had a brisket burger the thing about this is that we don't have a lot of briskets done in england it's mainly big in america and brisket is just the softest piece of beef you'll ever taste in your life it comes from around the top part of the cow 
And so to have brisket in a burger and then to have the burger, it was just beautiful, beautiful. Honestly, I, I say this and I say this again and again. I have never tasted beef as soft as I have when I went to Black Bear Brixton. Everyone should shop. Everyone should eat there. It's just one of the best restaurants I've been to literally do you know everyone's always like support your local businesses and I've been like yeah 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 but this time I'm really supporting my local business I plugged them on my Instagram everyone yeah. everyone I know and everyone I talk to I say listen if you really want an experience if you really want a culinary masterpiece going off in your mouth eat at Black Bear so that was my burger of the week and burger of the week dish of the week <laughs> Amana what was your dish so my dish this week was actually a bit of a weird one. I decided to make pasta, vegan pasta, using... Well, the pasta itself wasn't vegan, but the um, the sauce was basically cashews, mm-hmm. kale, peas, and garlic, all sort of blended together. And then you have it with like cheese and stuff. It's super green, and so it's kind of looked a bit freaky. But it was actually so tasty. And the cashew nuts made it really, really creamy. So yeah, I would recommend trying it. Super easy recipe and you just blend it all in the blender and then add it to the pasta. And you can have it with loads of different things. You could like put some courgettes in there or you could put um some green beans or some broccoli or you could make it have a bit more colour, add some tomatoes or something like that. But honestly, so tasty. I would mm-hmm. really recommend I feel like every week they're gonna have one meat dish from me and then one vegan or vegetarian dish from me. <laughs> Hopefully, as it goes on, we'll start swapping. I'm trying. Yeah, well, exactly. You can get on my vegetarian wave. I'm trying at the moment to eat less meat. So it's just like looking at these new recipes, like trying a bit more, you know, just Mm, making something. It's definitely giving me some inspiration each week. But right now, um, I just love meat so much. But I am trying to reduce my intake. Next up, we have our episode Conspiracy Theory. And so what we realised when we were doing this podcast is that all of us are prone to falling into the trap of conspiracy theory. Whether that be 5G networks or whether that be election rigging, we're all prone to spending hours into the night investigating whether or not something is true. We will join forums like Reddit or Facebook and we will just discuss and go crazy with these conspiracy theories. But what we wanted to do was to tackle conspiracy theories each episode just so that we can break down some of the misinformation out there and actually see if there's any reality or a sliver of truth to what might be said. Amana, what conspiracy theory do you have for us this week? This week's conspiracy theory ties really well into our theme of gentrification. And like you said, sometimes maybe there's a sliver of truth in some of the conspiracy theories we read. I always think that conspiracy theories come from something Mm -hmm. that's true, that's maybe been blown out of proportion or suspicions that people have had. But those suspicions are usually founded in some sort of sense of truth or some injustice that already exists. So that, I think, is definitely appropriate for this week's conspiracy theory, which is The Plan, takes place in Washington, D.C., and it's a conspiracy theory which suggests that since the enactment of the District of Columbia Home Rule Act in 1973, white people (laughs) have had a plan to take back the black majority city and the offices of the local government. So obviously Washington, D.C. is where the president lives. It's a big sort of... Political hotspot. It's the HQ of America exactly it's a political hotspot it's kind of the center of American government and potentially global politics and so this claim is obviously a massive one but it suggests that there's been a calculated use of gentrification and urban renewal 
by authorities, by wealthier white people in America to basically push black people out and to basically socially cleanse it, which is a theme that will come up later when we're talking about gentrification. Partly what supports this theory is the fact that the French architect who designed it, Mm -hmm. many have seen, he's called Pierre Charles L'Enfant, Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding but lots of theories about this because it's been suggested that Washington DC was actually designed and built to intimidate foreign leaders and so in its very architecture it's supposed to be a kind of foreboding place it's not necessarily that welcoming so this along with the gentrification that's gone on in Washington DC suggests has been used as evidence for this idea that it's become a place which is hostile towards black people. Yeah. What do you think about this conspiracy theory? Out of 10, I would say I believe this conspiracy theory to an 8. I think it's not hard <laughs> to believe that white people are trying to push black people out of spaces. So it doesn't take that much information to believe that. I would say also when I was reading Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, she talks about the issue of a white flight and about how during the time when she was growing up, there was this whole push and this whole exodus of white people leaving the inner city and moving to the suburbs. And I think there has been targeted acts of gentrification especially in America when I was living there, you could see how things were being developed in terms of housing prices being increased or um, stadiums being built closer in. And what that does is that it drives up the housing prices, it drives up the housing market. So people who live in these areas can't afford to live there. And when I did go to DC, it it is intimidating in terms of it does have that Greco-Roman architectural theme in terms of it's the Supreme Court is very intimidating or its monuments. It does give off a sense of intimidation and exclusivity. So I definitely believe that. Okay, not definitely believe. I do think at the root of it, it's it's money, m- money more so than social cleansing. But I think money indirectly and most time directly leads to social cleansing. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Perhaps the conspiracy theory itself is not true in this exact form, mm-hmm. but there's definitely themes that run through it that 100% true. The gentrification of Washington DC, from what I've read here, it seems is a truth that yeah. we can't deny. So, and like you said, often the casualties of gentrification and the casualties of richer, more privileged people yeah. doing what they want is going to be people who are in a less privileged position being pushed out, which perhaps in this case is black residents. Yeah, that's a really, really interesting conspiracy theory. This leads us nicely to our elephant in the room this week. The topic of gentrification, in particular gentrification in Elephant and Castle. The term gentrification was actually originally coined by British sociologist Ruth Glass and it describes the transformation of working class London neighbourhoods typically populated by people of colour and its transformation into middle class and upper class neighbourhoods. However, colloquially and among everyone we know, gentrification has come to mean a process in which neighbourhood gains wealth and sees its population become more affluent, white and younger, typically by coffee shops and yoga studios. <laughs> so what we've seen in Elephant and Castle is that Elephant and Castle, which was once infamous for its roundabout, its bustling shopping centre and having so many stores from the Latin American community, the African community, a real cultural hub in London has been transformed and has been demolished in the process of gentrification during this pandemic. And what has taken place is that there has been a closure of the Elephant and Castle Mall, which was one of the first indoor malls in Europe. 
and it has meant that thousands and hundreds of stores that work there have been displaced as well as communities. Now the gentrification of Elephant Castle has been happening for years and it first started with Haygate Estate. Aman, I don't know if you want to talk about and jump in about Haygate. So Haygate Estate was um, is very near to Elephant. It's in around the Woolworth Road kind of area. And it was demolished between 2011 and 2014. The Haygate Estate was a social housing estate, which housed almost 3,000 people, 3,000 homes. When the Southern Council decided that they wanted to use the land, they then explained to the residents that they would get to move out into a really nice new block of how of houses they were promised amazing new homes and then what actually transpired between the years of 2011 and 2014 was that the demolition of the Haygate estate started people were pushed out of their homes who actually without these plans having actually come to fruition it meant that thousands of people lost their homes without actually being able to move into anywhere nearby and the new block which was going to be built was actually only going to have 82 council council flats in it basically like these people were completely shafted and it was a very explicit example of the council being quite greedy and just the reality of areas pushing families and communities that have been built up over years out of the area and actually the Haygate estate was obviously I mean you could argue that the architect would be in favor of the estate that he designed but the architect who designed it actually said that there was no reason for it to be knocked down. And actually, if it had been maintained properly, it wouldn't have needed to be knocked down. And so it was quite clearly, and also in the fact that the knocking down of it and the pushing and the removal of all of its residents, costing more than the site could actually be sold for, shows that this wasn't just a business deal, which was for the benefit of the residents or because the the building was falling down, but actually perhaps an act of like social cleansing and moving and, and changing the area to make it kind of more in a commas up and coming yeah when I think yeah. about what happened in Haygate I feel so so much anger so much pain so much upset before I moved I used to live opposite Haygate in another estate and my best friends and my close friends lived in Haygate because our school was around the corner from there and so what we saw is that we were being told or my friends and people surrounding me were being told to leave for reasons that when I was young I didn't really understand it seems like okay well they say they're going to have us to a better house and they're going to put us somewhere else but Mm. what you really truly see now that I'm older is that you're told you're not wanted somewhere because you don't have either the funds or you're not the type of people they want in that area and I think what happens with gentrification and the result is it is a breaking down of community and that so many of my friends, none of my friends really live near me anymore. All of them live, they got moved to other areas and these weren't better areas. Most of my friends got moved to Peckham or um, areas like that, that still had crime issues, especially 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so these weren't luxury um, areas that they were promised. What happens is that they're, they're moved to areas again, which have high crime rates or have uh, problems in that community. And then what, what's happening with Peckham now again is gentrification. And then mm-hmm. you just consistently see that people of colour, people who are not middle and upper class are being moved about at the whim of the at the whim of local councils, at the whim of property developers. And so when I think about Elephant, because then you know it started in Haygate and now we're really seeing the the kind of fruition of it with knocking down a Elephant Castle, my heart genuinely breaks. And they say that they're doing this and, you know, your council, because this can only come through by the council, do you know what I mean? Like they have to approve this. 
but even in yeah. the elephant one like the lipstick building that's been built in elephant that has no social housing in any of its <laughs> in any of that building elephant one properties the price of rent starts from two thousand pounds social rent in um, elephant and castle the average price you pay and this is for a four bedroom house is 600 pounds and yet we've got one bedroom flats going for 2300 it's definitely a push for people who can't afford to live there to move out i just find this topic so upsetting and i think a question i'd ask you amana is like do you think gentrification can ever be good no i think gentrification even in its even as a word shows what it's really about and that's because it comes from the word i'm guessing it the root of the word gent talks about Mm -hmm. the gentry and comes from ideas of class and a certain class being better and i think fundamentally so from the outset that is an unhealthy and destructive idea to be inflicting on local Mm -hmm. communities i think that the problem with gentrification is it's actually not got the best interests of the people who are living there at heart and it fundamentally reinforces an idea that some people deserve more because perhaps they went to a different school or they came from a different family or their skin is a different color and I just think it's disgusting like you it when I when I was reading about it for this podcast I literally felt so depressed I was literally sitting there like this is just you know when you just don't even know where to start because yeah. I can't believe that this is an area that I have called home this and this is a council who are meant to be looking out for people who are living mm-hmm. in its area and it's just I can't even comprehend it I think that something that really shocked me a stat that I read when I was researching was um, that actually the Haygate estate, which is the estate we spoke about earlier in on Woolworth Road, has had a total of 76 films being filmed on that estate. Mm. And um, music videos like Hung Up by Madonna and Love Don't Let Me Go by David Guetta have been filmed on that estate because of its brutalist ar- architecture and because of the way that it kind of looks run down and perhaps edgy or however you want to describe it. But that, I feel, is a very good example of how culture and Mm. um communities are really used for certain aspects and sometimes for and sometimes not even for the good aspects for in the example of how you get estates being used because it looks really run down and perhaps it makes madonna's music video look kind of edgy or whatever it is but i didn't realize this but southern council actually made ninety one thousand pounds in fees from these films being made there so They've been making money off the back of Haygate Estate for years, and none of that money would have gone to the would have gone to the people living there. I just, I think that's an example of how these councils and and these authorities actually use the people, and like you said, they move them around as if they're just like pawns in a game, but not actually. Um, these are families we're talking about, and that's what really moved me. That actually, this is yeah, this is people that that you and I know. This is this is people that like our neighbours. It's just it's it's shocking and it's really sad i don't know what i don't know what the future of it is really definitely even what you said about Southern council i truly call them the antichrist because i I truly believe that they are it's shocking and it's sad because they have a labor during this time of development they had a labor party leader peter john 
And he supported Delancey's, which is the property investment firm that is heavily invested in elephants renewal. And I'm saying renewal with quotation marks. Mm. And what you realise that when you dig further and you go deeper into this whole process of what's happening in the elephant, that there's so many major players involved and so many people. And I found that behind um, Delancey's, there are a number of big money backers. And this, this includes the ruling family of Qatar, the Dutch pension fund manager, Oxford Properties, which is a real estate company of the Canadian Pension Fund, and another property investment in Panama. What happens, and this is supported again by, it has to go through Southwark Council before it can go through anyone else. So it's supported by Southwark Council, by the local government, the mayor and the Great London Assembly. Key business partners, such as the University of Arts, the London College of Communication, and other partners are included in this. And so what you're seeing is that, and it's so sad because you see there, there were so many protests held against what was about to take place in Haygate. Mm. But when there's so many people and huge people with crazy amount of money, you've got the ruling family of Qatar back in this. Yeah, it's yeah. like, what more could have been done to stop what was happening? And so while some people have called it a social cleansing, I completely agree that it's a social cleansing because Elephant and Castle has one of the highest amount of Latin American communities in mm. London. And so many people from Colombia, from Ecuador, from the DR, literally that's their home, as well as people from other ethnicities. And as well as this being a social cleansing, because they are removing them from there and telling them to move further out. It's also a tax avoidance for a lot of these people, because with the scheme that Delancey has set up with a bill to rent, it allows them to avoid tax in terms of long-term investments because it's it seems to be supporting the community and what they're doing when truly it's it's not supporting the community and what they're doing. They get thirty-five million in rental income alone from London flats, and this is only set to increase. We found out that again that only thirty-five Southwark Council has a policy that only thirty-five percent of new builds should have affordable housing. But mm. Delancey was able to avoid this by paying up to £1 million. And so in its new developments taking place in Elephant Castle, there is no social housing available for the people that live in that community. Mm. It's just I terrible. Think, like you said, there was big protests. To give a bit more context for people, the Elephant Castle shopping centre, there was loads of um, Latin stores and stalls, as well as the African stores you were talking about as well. For a lot of these Latin American people, this would be like a hub that they would come to, which yeah. which I think had become a home for a lot of them. And in a in a sec, I'll ask you about um, because you you live so near Elephant Castle, so I'm sure you have like personal experiences with these people as well. But I think after the protests against the development of Elephant Castle have taken place, they've actually increased the amount of social housing that's going to be there. It's still not enough. But yeah. it's a little bit more but what they've something else I, I read was that there's around 80 shops in Elephant Castle Shopping Centre and only 40 of them have actually been relocated yeah and even the relocation isn't ideal because they're moving somewhere far away that this community has completely been completely broken up and it's the same with like when people try and get say a family's living in London they get relocated to Kent if the kids are going mm-hmm. to school and how is that going to help so it's the same kind of thing it's basically just a disregard for the fact that these people actually have lives and kids and families and livelihoods and so there has been some change as a result of the protests which is great yeah. but it shouldn't it's not enough it's not enough at all um have you had personal experiences of 
people talking to you about this in elephant like yeah healing's been so i walk past elephant like literally most days it's only two minutes from my house and so at first i didn't know where they had been relocated people that were working inside the indoor mall i didn't know where they had been relocated then i saw a post on instagram of all places and found out through someone actually speaking out in anger that they'd been moved to the elephant arcade which i didn't even know existed in elephant there was an elephant castle arcade so I went in and literally there is nothing that will show you that these people have been relocated to where they are now for you to come and find them. It's in a very mm-hmm. obscure um, location in which there is there's no kind of indication that says we are here, we are a shop. So I went inside to ask some of them how it's going and they said it's not going good. For some of them, there is a benefit that they have a shop, but the rent is around £800 um, a month. And that's only for this transition per- period is set to increase because obviously with gentrification, with with more affluent people moving into the neighbourhood, they can start charging higher prices. And so the rent is set to increase after three months and a lot of them don't think they're going to be able to make it. So there's some that is in Elephant Arcade and there's some is in the new Elephant Park which is near the new build of the Sainsbury. So again, I was asking another man, because he makes this amazing popcorn and candy floss. So I was asking him, how's it been? Do you prefer it? And he said, no, like, business isn't good. And they try to remain hopeful. They try to say, you know, I hope it will get better. And truly, I do hope it will get better for them and that more people will come in. But what I truly see happening is that when they increase the rent after the three months, a lot of them aren't going to be able to meet meet the needs because especially when your your target market your demographic has been moved when all the latin americans and all the africans or all the black and caribbean people who shop there have now been moved because of gentrification and can't shop there anymore mm-hmm. your clientele is not the same and so the amount of profit you have is definitely not the same so i don't think what i'm praying doesn't happen but what i see happening is that a lot of them aren't going to be able to make rent they're going to be evicted and what's going to happen is that you're going to have different stores we're going to have smoothie bars or i don't know like mm-hmm. a yoga bar or just different stores that is that is going to be attractive to the new clientele there and they will be able to sell yeah. their things and the elephant culture or hotspot that everyone seems to love until until they don't want it anymore is going to be gone mm. so true it's a, an example of that actually people being moved out is it kind of goes back to what we're talking about about like why this why places like Haygate get into those states in the first place. Like we spoke earlier about how actually, yeah, Elephant and Castle at the end was a bit of an eyesore. Like it wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. a nice looking place. Mm-hmm. And that is because it wasn't invested in properly. There weren't it was the upkeep wasn't being done. And the same with Haygate, the architect Tim Tinkerman said that if it had been properly looked after and maintained, then the demolition wouldn't have needed to happen so it leads me to question whether this decay is allowed to happen definitely in order to make it necessary that these places are knocked down there's no care given to them and actually like you you're talking about and I kind of feel like it's the same thing with the shops being moved out if they then can't afford the rent then obviously they're going to move out and then eventually what happens is a kind of social cleansing and Mm -hmm. I think it's even the words they use to describe the moving of these people's, people out. In the example of Haygate, they use the words decanting. The use of that word as if it's some sort of like dainty process of, you know, removing someone like it's so easy to do. You just lift them out of the box and you put them somewhere else. You're decanting, you're, like you're decanting your suitcase or something. That does not take into account the massive effects that this actually ha- has, has on people socially. And yeah, another example I saw of 
this change that's happening in attitude as well in the community in Elephant Castle, which is, like you said, actually the demographic of Elephant Castle has changed a lot in recent years. There's a petition. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a petition on change.org, which was signed by nearly 150 people calling for Waitrose or M&S to oh. move in next to Pret in um, oh Elephant Castle. And me and Mourinho, we had our first first meeting for this podcast in the Pret-a-Manger in Elephant and Castle and I remember we spoke about the fact that Pret was like one of the first signs of gentrification definitely it was like very clear okay Pret is here there's your seal it's changing and then now people are calling for Waitrose and M&S to move in next door there's nothing wrong with Waitrose and M&S I mean apart from their prices yeah (laughs) exactly I don't really shop there because they're pricey but I think it's just an example of how, I mean, people even signing this this petition, like, this is ridiculous. This is ridi- ridiculous, honestly. But I have a question for you just before we sort of wrap up. And that is, who do you think ultimately is to blame for this kind of gentrification? And, like, do you think that actually perhaps it was inevitable, like, in a capitalist system that this would happen? Or do you think there's, like, an alternative to this? Who's to blame is the Antichrist, which is Soviet Council. I blame them completely for what's happened, because I think, as you mentioned, Mana, if investments were made, if investments were made to make Elephant do up Elephant, if investments were made to, like, make Haygate either safer or change it around, that would have taken place. I remember when I went to New Orleans and they had these buildings, I can't remember their name, but they're so classic that you remember them. And they're old, they're run down, but they're part of the city and you know them from the pictures. But what we're having here is that no one wants to invest in these communities anymore. We want to change, demolish and refurbish. And so in a capitalist system, is gentrification inevitable? I want to say no, but the answer is yes. I think in a system that prioritises wealth and and puts people in a hierarchy based on what you earn and what you can give, gentrification is inevitable. And if people are looked at as just sponging off or people are looked Mm. as not contributing, I can definitely see them getting us, getting booted out and told to leave for something that is more profitable. Elephant Castle is between me. It's between me and Mourinho. Mourinho's right next to it. I'm quite a bit further away. But... um. Same things happened in Bermondsey, which is more my area. Yeah. But it's just happened a bit a bit longer ago. But Yeah, um, I saw Bermondsey. I remember that. I remember Bermondsey. Like, I think it's like, um, in some ways, you can see the argument that things are being developed. Like, better transport links in, in like, London Bridge and there's galleries and stuff. And, like, that's cool. Yeah. But, but actually, communities have been broken apart by it. And yeah. it's really sad. And especially when you've grown up somewhere and you've seen it change. Yeah, and I think it's a bit it's a bit about belonging. Like I don't feel when I walk down Elephant and I walk down Woolworth Road, I don't feel like this is my area anymore. I feel like yeah. it's been stripped away and revamped. And I think the the horrible thing when you talk about gentrification is people's like, so what you wanted it to stay bad, you wanted it to stay ugly. No, I really wanted Elephant to get a new paint job. I generally yeah. wanted that. I want it to look better, I want it to look gorgeous. Yeah. Exactly. At the end of each discussion going to try and do two wishes and a star so that's like thinking about two things that we'd love to see changed and then one thing that we actually think is positive about the situation if we can find any positives but there's always a positive I believe in that do you want to start us off Mourinho what do you feel would be your two wishes and a star for this topic 
my two wishes was be that it didn't happen truly my two wishes was that this property investment Delancey didn't get involved and Southwark Council just decided to refurbish Elephant just for refurbishment purposes that that would be my wish my second wish would be that I don't know even making this wish just seems so hyper hyperbolic because I don't even think it's possible but um <laughs> my second wish would be that housing prices don't keep going up because I think even even my friends who've been removed to areas in Peckham can't afford to live in Peckham because housing prices are now seven hundred thousand to live in Peckham. And so the more and more I talk to people, the more people are telling me they're gonna live in Kent, they're gonna move to Manchester, they're gonna move here. And it's just a displacement of people. So that's one of my wishes that I guess housing prices don't go up, but hey, that's impossible in this world. And one positive I really can't think of any. Um I really can't. I think the only positive would be from the people that benefit from this, and that's the council and these investment people. That's the positive for them, that they have more money and they're able to tear apart people. That's the only positive I can give for them because I don't, I truly don't see any positive to gentrification in my area. Yeah. No, I don't think there is any positive to gentrification. I think two wishes would be, one would be that people actually engage with this issue and think yeah. about, People who are moving in, these people that we've spoken about who are moving into these areas, um, who are possibly part of the gentrification themselves, who are benefiting from it, that they would actually have some sense of responsibility or responsibility to understand what they're moving into and understand the cultures and communities that they are becoming part of. Because it shouldn't be that people are moving in and other people are moving out. It should be that people are joining an existing community um, and so then that would link to my second one that I think that yeah I would love to see better understanding and respect for these communities in on the, at the level of like Southern Council I think a few individuals I know that like you said there's big players in this game and it's daunting and scary but I also believe that there's 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 potential for change if the right people are in the right place and it would be amazing if in government and in council at the council level there was better there was just compassion so that would be like yeah. kind of things I'd, I'd love to I'd love to see and a good thing this is hard but um I think that something that came out of this situation with Elephant and Castle was a real recognition of what multicultural community can look like when it when it mm. works and I think the elephant was a really great example of that and that was why it was actually used in the Stephen Lawrence case as the location for the inquiry into his death because it was an example of somewhere which was a diverse community and it was a place where it was a meeting place for all sorts of people and hopefully through this publicity like there's been some sort of recognition for the fact that those places are important in a society um, mm. and the outcry at its demolition is I think I think shows that but yeah, generally this situation does fill me with a lot of sadness, and I hope that hope that having, even just having this conversation will sort of maybe make people think slightly differently when they're moving into London to the house in Clapham or wherever they're going. Um, Literally, what would you recommend as a um, a book, an article, or a song for this topic, Myrna? Um, so something I found really interesting when I was looking into Elephant and Castle and the Haygate Estate was the Design Institute, which is organization they reckon they advise the government on issues of like architecture and design and 
they have actually written two articles, one on, they've written more than that, but the two that are relevant to this, they've written about Haygate Estate and they've also written about um, Elephant and Castle Shopping Centre. And they've written about how these places are actually architectural masterpieces as well, which I think is a really interesting look on it, mm. looking at how they are valuable pieces of architecture, whether they are the most pretty things you've ever seen or not. And they actually urge the government or they urge the council to with, withhold from the demolition because they felt that actually these buildings should be protected. They were obviously ignored, but their articles, I think, pay homage to the amazing spaces that these places were. And that is also an encouragement to me that there are people who appreciate those kind of aesthetic things as well about both buildings. So yeah, that would be my recommendation. So if you just look up the Design Institute on Google, you should be able to find the articles on that. And we can put the, the links in the show notes as well. What about yeah. you? I would recommend the book, The Urban Crisis, which really goes into detail about gentrification in urban neighbourhoods. And then I would also recommend the articles I read in Corporate News. They give a better background into who Delancey is, who's invested in the Elephant and Castle renewal programme, and just a really, really deeper insight into all the, all the major players. What are the costs? What are the money that is said to be made? And yeah, it's really eye-opening. Well, to end, we're just going to... This has been a great discussion, by the way. Really good. Thanks so much for joining us. I know mm-hmm. it's an intense first episode, but we feel like this issue is really important. And we also feel that it really got to the heart of a lot of the things that we care about. Um, and we felt it was appropriate considering that our name is the elephants in the room.